Hi, this is Lucy Mackay. Welcome to the Rare Disease Podcast for Medics. This podcast is brought to you by Medics for Rare Diseases, who are equipping medical professionals to reduce the diagnostic odyssey and improve the patient experience for those living with rare conditions. This podcast is here to help you become a rare disease ally. 3.5 million people in the UK live with a rare disease, and each week we will be sharing stories from the rare community in order to educate medics on the role they can play in improving the lived experience. We will talk about things that are going right and things that could be better. Each week, you'll hear from experts in the field, patients, healthcare professionals, researchers and advocates, all of whom will be sharing their insights, experiences and pragmatic advice. So enjoy this episode and remember to dare to think rare. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rare Disease Podcast for Medics. It's season three already, and I hope that you've been waiting for this moment to come again. You've been looking through those podcast apps and not finding anything that's quite right for you, and now you can breathe a sigh of relief because, you know, every Thursday we're going to drop the podcast episode that you want to listen to. So I'm going to let you know in a little bit who you can look forward to hearing from this season. But before I do so, I just want to do a big thank you to all of our supporters who uh, follow us, share what we do and everything. Over the break between the podcasts, we actually hit the 2000 downloads mark, which was fantastic. And we hope that everyone listening to this now will download, share, review, whatever you have to do to make people hear about this podcast. And I also want to say a big thank you to those who provide financial support to um, Medics for Rare Diseases, which makes all of our work possible, including this podcast. So those are our partners. Now, Our partners are often commercial companies and some of them are pharmaceutical companies, which is why we are committed to making sure that we stick to the ABPI code. If it's something you don't know about, um, I will link to it in the show notes. And so um, for transparency, I just want to let you know that none of our partners have any editorial control over this content or our other content and we work independently from them. But we're very grateful for everyone who helps the charity keep doing what it does. And say you're new to Medics for Rare Diseases, what do we do? Well, we are a charity. We're registered in England and Wales, but we work mostly throughout the UK and often abroad. The problem we are trying to solve really is a global issue that translates across borders. It's a lack of understanding of the relevance of rare conditions to clinical medicine. 
and that having an impact on those living with rare conditions, which can be seen throughout their journeys and experiences and are well reported on by now. So well reported on and understood, in fact, that the UK government's Department of Health and Social Care reaffirmed its commitment to meeting the unmet needs of those living with rare diseases with the publication of the UK Rare Diseases Framework in 2021. And one of those uh, four key priorities in that framework was improving healthcare professional awareness. So Medics for Rare Diseases had already identified this problem and were working on it even back then. Um, in fact, actually, I've been doing this in some form or another for hmm, 11 years now. And Medics for Rare Diseases was set up in order to provide education and practical tools about rare disease for medical students and medical professionals in order to reduce the diagnostic odyssey and to improve the patient experience. We've got some exciting activities coming up. In fact, yesterday, the Student Voice Prize was opened again for another year. I can't remember how many years it's been going on, but it is produced by Medics for Rare Diseases and the patient organisation Beacon, formerly Find a Cure. Every year we put out three questions and they are there for students, so undergraduate students and master students of biology and health science type degrees to answer. Participants are also welcome to sign up to pair with a patient group so that they can speak to an advocate or patient about the question and that can help inform their reflection. So make sure you head over using the link below to find out what the questions are. They're all centred around mental health and mental well-being this year and give it a shot because if your essay wins, you will become a published author in the Orphanet Journal of Rare Diseases. And if you are a medical student, you know what that means. That means FPAS points. And FPAS points means maybe getting into your preferred foundation job. But also you get to hear from, learn about, reflect upon the experiences of those with rare diseases. And also just a tip, remember to reflect and do some reflection about what you've learned and how you felt because we love those essays. What else is coming up? Well, uh, Medics for Rare Diseases is working with the Rare Disease Implementation Group in Wales to produce two events about rare diseases in primary care with GPs. And on the 19th of August, um, I am speaking at an event with the Royal College of GPs that is supported and funded by Alexian, which is one of our partners, about reframing rare disease in primary care. We did a similar one last year and it was fantastic. So if you're a GP, make sure you get signed up. It'll be lovely to see you there. You can turn up to Cambridge on the 26th of November at Rare Fest, which is hosted by Cambridge Rare Disease Network. And I am part of a feature in which we are doing the Rare Monologues. Young people with rare conditions giving a monologue about some of their experiences is going to give you goosebumps. So make sure you get tickets. It's going to be brilliant. 
And um, I mean, if I start to get into what's happening next year, because you all know that January and February are going to be super, super busy because it's Rare Disease Day on the 28th of February. Why the 28th of February? Well, because the 29th of February is a rare day. And so therefore, the rare community, when it's not a leap year, celebrate it on the 28th of February. And in fact, actually, when it is a leap year and the 29th of February is around, we all get a bit confused about whether we're doing it on the 28th or the 29th. So, um, (laughs) yeah, rare diseases, hey, it can be confusing. We get it. So what can you expect from season three of the Rare Disease Podcast for Medics? I've got my lovely colleague, Melissa, here to um, help me uh, give you some preview of some episodes that are coming up. Hello, Melissa. Hi, Lucy. I'm really excited about this season of podcasts. We have some amazing, really inspiring um, and just overall awesome people. Yeah, I know. And that's all great. But also it's awesome because we've recorded them in advance, isn't it? Yes, very, very (laughs) organised. Less of a rush. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think we were really lucky. Melissa uh, did a great job of organising an elective placement for a final year medical student earlier this year, our lovely Grace. Oh, she's incredible. She's going to go on and do amazing stuff. Yeah, we're we're big fans. And uh, Grace got in contact with us via Instagram because she started looking into rare, rare disease and that whole area after her brother, Eddie, was diagnosed with Addison's disease. And um, and she never she like, I guess, lots of people. Well, no, I know lots of people because that's why we exist. Just had didn't have a um, clue about how many people live with rare diseases, how um, how many different rare diseases there are. But also um, then came to realize that she knew other people with rare conditions, but had never considered their conditions as part of a larger group of conditions that um, mean that people can have quite common challenges like we talk about yeah absolutely and I think one of the one of the um, hard-hitting things that Grace also mentioned was just how it never occurred to her to think about rare disease in all contexts of medicine and she's got a specific interest in emergency medicine so it's amazing she's going to carry through this um, newfound passion of hers into into the areas that she goes on to work in. Yeah, yeah. And she, so she's a doctor, uh, a doctor now, uh, Dr. Grace. And she did a blog for us, which you can find on our news page, which we'll link below. But also she dragged her little brother onto our podcast and they did a lovely interview. I wanted to be adopted by their family at the end of it. They were so cute. But it was great to hear both of their reflections on how it's like, you know, how Eddie's been impacted greatly, like how his life has changed, Um, but also, you know, Grace's reflections on sort of understanding both sides now from the family advocate side and from the uh, medical student, medical professional side. So that's a great one. Um, And Melissa, who have you been talking to? Oh, so I've been speaking to Sonia Sankoli from Soft UK um, and the specific um, 
uh, episode that we recorded was around the amazing work that SOFT does. But we also go into a little bit more detail about trisomy 13 and trisomy 18. Um, and some of the important things that we touched on is just how supportive treatment and management may look very different for each family, as every family is unique and so is each child and so are their needs. Um, and I think I really took away from that just how helpful organizations like Soft UK can be for families. Um, and also just how, um, you know, how important it is that we can't take a textbook description of a condition and just use that as our frame of reference. It's so important to um, listen to other people's stories. And um, Sonia shared her own personal story, um, which is very telling about how important it is to receive news of a diagnosis in a in a good manner there's a good way of doing it a bad way of doing it you know how important well-coordinated care pathways are and I think also just um, palliative care I think um, one of the things that we, we spend some time speaking about is how palliative care is often assumed only to be for when things are looking really dire or when the end is near in quotes um, but how this can be a misconception and how it can really um, assist families even with things like respite um, and the soft also has amazing family days that they put on and you'll hear a little bit more about some of the amazing work that they do to support families um, throughout their journeys whatever that might look like um, expected or unexpected yeah all of those are really important messages and what can be quite rare in the rare community is is a male advocate not not non-existent but um it can be quite difficult to find um uh, men out there who are going to talk to us about their lived experiences i came across a sort of news piece it's, it's called sickle cell sagas um and i saw this uh art, like column written by dunstan nickel wilson uh for sickle cell sagas in sickle cell disease news and I found this weekly column and just thought his ex his his writing, like what he could say, it was just so such a great um such a great learning resource. And he's obviously supporting a lot of people. So I um got in contact with him, messaged him over LinkedIn. And I know he he was a very he's a very busy man. He works in the NHS helping research projects as well. But he lives with sickle cell disease. And he was diagnosed through the newborn screening program when he was a baby. And, and I was really lucky that he could join me to talk to me about his journey sort of within himself of what sickle cell has meant for his life and how he has related to it. Sometimes, you know, tried to keep the keep his condition almost as a distance at a distance from himself and now these days these days helping other people look after themselves with sickle cell and thinking about not just the physical impact but the psychological and, and the social impact of living with sickle cell disease uh, it was a really really great interview and and one thing which i think is quite well always relevant but particularly relevant because it's black history month and sickle cell disease is a condition that predominantly affects the black population. And 
Dunstan was telling me about a campaign that he helps with called Give Blood, Spread Love England. They're campaigning because there is a need for more blood donations from people of black heritage, also Asian heritage and people of um, mixed ethnicity. Um, And so it's really important, particularly in sickle cell, because donated blood can form part of the like the treatment for sickle cell disorder. And if someone is having regular blood transfusions, it's really important that they have a closely matched uh, blood type being donated to them so that it continues to be that continues to be a treatment option for them in the future. And um, and they estimate that they need 40,000 more people from um, black heritage to come forward and donate their blood in order to just keep up with the needs of the community. So I thought I'd mention that now, even outside of the podcast uh, episode, because it's Black History Month and maybe people might be learning about these things and they'll hear this and we can spread the campaign of Give Blood, Spread Love. Yeah, so grab a juice box and go, 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 go give some yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also medical students love giving blood. So get the get the message out. Give blood anyway. But um, you know, if you if you're from one of those backgrounds and you haven't given blood before and you needed that extra impetus to, then um please do click on the link about give blood spread love below. And uh anything else you want to showcase to keep everyone uh, to get everyone listening in a few weeks' time. Oh, we've also got we've also got a great episode coming up with um, Asa from um, Cavanoma UK, um, and yeah, it just makes me so excited to speak about that because they've also got um, uh, involved in a really really exciting trial called the CARE trial, um, looking at treatment for for individuals with cavernomas. Um, But in the podcast episode, we really um, cover how important, um, uh, I guess it is for coordinated care, as we always say, but also we also talk a little bit about how GPs can still be a point of support for their patients at all time points in the care pathway. and, and so that it's not only, you know, sort of, oh, you're handed off to the specialist now, you know, uh, your GP can still very much form um, that care relationship with you. Um, and I think it's also quite exciting. I think we might have inspired Elsa to write a book, Lucy, um, about how how your identity changes once you receive a diagnosis like having a cavernoma, because it sort of forces you to, to, to change many things in your life. Um, mm. And I think it's really inspirational to hear from um, Elsa just how she's she's taken this on board and how um, how she's gone from from a, a place that was really difficult to to where she is now and what she's doing now. Um, so I hope that everyone will will find will find some some strength in in hearing her talk. Yeah, let's hope we get. But maybe you'll get an acknowledgement, Melissa. Oh. Ooh, yes, or even better, a signed copy. <laughs> oh, yeah, we love that. Talking of um, identity, uh, though, and sort of uh, how one changes over the, well, how one changes over any lifespan, but particularly if you uh, are, are diagnosed with a rare condition and that what that means for you at different points. That reminds me of the work we've been doing with Kim from Rare Minds. 
<laughs> we are uh, in the throes of creating a the next module available on M4RD Learn. Um, if you haven't been on M4RD Learn, it is a e-learning platform for medics for rare diseases. It contains two modules currently for everyone, which is Rare Disease 101. Rare Disease 101, learn about 7,000 rare diseases without learning about a single rare disease. And it also contains a mini module on clinical trials and early access programs. And the next one to hit is going to be about mental health and rare disease, which is incredibly important. Um, and then it also ties in with the fact that the Student Voice Prize essay um, questions this year are around mental health, our meeting the unusual suspects at the Royal Society of Medicine on the 15th of February is also going to be around mental health. It's almost like it was done on purpose. <laughs> it's the it's the what did we say um, it's the missing puzzle piece to yeah. um, daring to think rare so um yeah i'm very excited about about all of this yeah actually that reminds me because one of our other podcast episodes with is with professor ed wild he's um a professor and an expert in huntington's disease which i think you know most medical students will have heard of but um, classically, it's often one of those that is taught more for the, its genetics and its ethical implications and things rather necessarily than, you know, the the really pervasive um, impact of it. And uh, Jordan from the Huntington's Disease Association was there and they've done a campaign called Huntington's in Mind, where you're really focusing on the uh, mental well-being, on how to support not only the people who are not only people living with Huntington's disease, but their carers and their family members. And um, and uh, Prof. Ed Wilde is used to doing the speaking rounds with someone, an author called Charlotte Raven. And she wrote a book called Patient One um, about her experience of being di diagnosed with Huntington's disease and its impact. Unfortunately, uh, Charlotte isn't doing interviews anymore, but um, Prof was just, he was great to uh, talk to and, and Jordan's insights about the charity and their members were great too. So, oh, there's, there's too many episodes to chat about. Oh, there's so, too many episodes, too few weeks before Christmas. Um, <laughs> so we better get cracking on with them then. <laughs> cracking on before we get our crackers out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's coming well, good. Thank you for joining me, Melissa. I know you're very, very busy. People Never too busy. Forward... <laughs> <laughs> People could look forward to hearing um, Melissa's dulcet South African tones in the podcast uh, later. So you don't just have to listen to my voice droning on. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you have ever any ideas of interviews like you'd like us to do or things you'd like us to cover, please do let us know. And um, we will try and sort that out for you. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. Make sure you share and see you next week for our first proper episode of the Red Seas Podcast for Medics Season 3. Hashtag dare to think rare. <laughs>